<laughs> and on your world, you are a prodigy. Well, that makes sense. Because your rhymes are only hot periodically. <laughs> Actually, Listening to you took everything I have left. After your raps, I am become deaf. <laughs> Destroyer of worlds. You need an Iron Man for that wrinkly ass skin and that butt, 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 <laughs> butt chin. <laughs> there might be something in the MCU, but between us, who's the worst MCU? <laughs> okay, I'm out of fun. I actually never watched that one. Oh, like, for real? That's like one no, of the best ones. I, I like stopped that like season two. It was... Uh, oh, dude. Oppenheimer yeah. versus Thanos was one of the best fucking... And Oppenheimer destroyed him, too. I, it was so good. I have seen the thumbnail in my feed. I might actually, because of you, actually go watch it this time. So, okay. uh, yeah, guys. Um, welcome. Welcome, welcome. We are here. You want to talk about death? How about the one that looked at you and swiped left? <laughs> <laughs> and can I keep it a stack a, with you? That was a pretty good one. Yeah. Thank you. Can I keep it a stack with you? Mm. I kind of liked the rap battle a little better than the movie. I, oh, I, I, can well, I, keep I, well, I can't. I can't blame you for that because, yeah. um, guys, again, uh, as I was rudely interrupted again for the fifteenth fucking time by our amazing guest David. I can recite the whole battle. He could also recite to you how to make an atomic weapon out of uh, <laughs> nails and. Uh, what? A, what? a string of gu- uh, and a and a piece of string. What is it like Breaking Bad? Like it just fucking teaches? Oh, I know how to make meth now. Like what? <laughs> what? I don't, well, there was that one fucker like way back when who like he made a nuclear weapon like in his garage or something. Like apparently, like it was fairly easy to make. Could it destroy a small city? Yeah. Oh. Actually, like, did he like make? Oh like, no, a no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, no, no! It was just like the whole thing was was that I could do it. It's just not that strong because intercont- intercontinental ballistic missiles could nowadays level apparently three New Yorks. Like <laughs> that's like the fucking radius. You know how they so, measure it? How many New Yorks? Dude, there was a scene. Where, um, guys, we're going to be talking about Oppenheimer because uh, yes, I here on the Double D experience. On, here on the Double D experience, yes. Oppenheimer, yeah, exactly. Just Not like to be the, confused with Oppenheimer. Just like the two bombs that destroyed those two Japanese cities, they're two Ds right now here to give you this amazing experience. Those cities be no more right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but um. Yeah, guys, we watched uh, we watched Oppenheimer, and uh, well, not together, unfortunately. Um, I would have. I actually would have loved to go with you and uh, sit through that fucking three-hour goddamn long-ass movie. And uh, even though, truthfully, I, I'm I'm memeing, I honestly didn't feel those three hours. Even though I personally thought that by the second half. And guys, we're going to be talking about it just like kind of in no particular order uh, right now. But like, just like the least... fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> By the second half, I was just kind of like, oh, like, well, you oh, just checked more. out as I was no, a little bit. But like it, it did because um, it is Christopher Nolan. And at least for me, uh, Nolan could cook up a good movie. Even if he loves to make some really long-ass movies, and um, Dark Knight, I think, was just kind of, like, his, like, benchmark now at this point, considering, like, a lot of people even said by, like, the last, like, 30 minutes of the, of the Dark Knight, it just felt as if this is going on way too long. Mm-hmm. And, and not that I agree with it, but I do understand where people's criticisms are for a lot of his movies being so fucking long, like, Godfather level of long. Mm-hmm. But at least personally for me, I really enjoyed the second half, and I at least did kind of really uh, get intrigued about like kind of what uh, Oppenheimer's life was like after uh, the bomb, because mm-hmm. truthfully, and again, this is just uh, coming from a uh, historian who almost no- knows nothing about him other than the fact that he helped build the uh, the atomic bomb. We don't know. We knew nothing about this guy after that, 
And I think it's kind of a shame because I thought that this is like the way that even the movie uh, kind of says that by his decade, he was arguably the most important man in the world. And I th- and I kind of do agree if I was living around that time and if I was like not a kid, but like an adult and I heard about him in the news, I would kind of agree. Considering like, you know, this was the guy who basically changed the like I would I don't want to say like change the entire world because it just seems so fucking lofty to say but really he kind of did considering the landscape that we live in now I, I wouldn't say is entirely his fault because it's like the Germans were already building a bomb that I think a lot of people already knew that they were already kind of they already had a nuclear um weapons program and they were already kind of like got a bit of a head start, but because of the fact that Hitler being the hateful fuckhead that he was and considered nuclear science as Jewish science and just basically like downplayed. No, he really did. He downplayed his own fucking nuclear weapons program because did you saying laugh as hard as I did. I Well, I did, but also I did it because I already knew that because like the reason why oh, okay. that. Yeah, because like a lot of the guys who basically escaped from Germany around that time, they were Jewish science, Jewish yeah. uh, scientists. And these were the same guys that Hitler literally went up to them and just said, like, you're not a part of this program no more because of well, your religion. <laughs> and like, so at least for me, like, you know, though, we kind of already know, like the somewhat of the pre-war era and like kind of like i actually never seen a picture of heisenberg because like again no no this is not a breaking bad reference but when walter brought him up like i had never even seen a picture of the dude and then i was and then i actually like after the movie kind of looked up um the wiki a bit and just kind of like did a little i guess not refresher so to say but more so just kind of like a little deep, a little bit of a dive into like kind of that whole like the couple of years that led up to the uh, creation of the bomb, and then even like Oppenheimer's like sort of fall afterwards because he just kind of like there was a bit of a falling out that he had with like the U.S. government and like uh, a lot of the um, powers that be kind of wanted to curb his influence because he was trying to kind of uh, influence policy when it came to nuclear proliferation because he was more so on the side of uh, arms control rather than arms proliferation. But, and then in the movie, like, you know, the way, I don't, Killian Murphy, I don't know how old he is now, but he plays an old man from the 40s and 50s fucking very well. And there were a lot of times for anyone who's watched uh, Peaky Blinders, there was so many times where I saw Killian Murphy and all I just was expecting him to say, don't mess with the fucking Peaky Blinders. (laughs) 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 So many fucking scenes where like, at least just the dress that he had. Just made me think of Peaky Blinders, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. And the way he kind of plays, like, this very charismatic, very, like, well-spoken, eloquent um, uh, man, uh, which I suppose that Oppenheimer was. Don't really know too much about the guy. But I know, apparently, that the movie was kind of based off of this one biography that was made uh, a couple years back. May I actually want to, like, go pick it up, because, like, um, I think, really, like, thing his... The, the life he had, at least as it was portrayed in the movie, was actually uh, very interesting. I, I think, I mean, I know it's such like such a cop-out thing to say, but I think it really was interesting considering, like, the world was changing by 1945. And the whole, like, sort of atmosphere that the world was in when, with the advent of when, not just after we dropped the bomb on Japan, but also when Russia revealed that we have a, we have a bomb too. It's bigger than last one. And it got everyone fucking scared. And the Americans, uh, at least, there was a scene that, like, I, I look, I looked it up and apparently, um, it was between, uh, Truman and, uh, Oppenheimer. And it was like, so, oh yeah, oh, sorry guys, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I should have probably said it before, but this is spoilers for Oppenheimer. And, uh, if you guys haven't watched it yet, I guess just skip ahead to the next timestamp of when we're not gonna talk about it. But, um, yeah, we're talking about Oppenheimer here. And, um, sorry I didn't say some spoiler warning until like 20 minutes in, but, uh, like, I know it's only 9 minutes, I wasn't looking. Felt like I was going on for 20 minutes, but there's a scene, yeah, from when Truman and Oppenheimer meet, and... Like, you could see that, uh, uh, I call, <laughs> I want to call him Robbie, because his name's Robert, but, like, you know, Oppenheimer, like, is, uh, you know, clearly remorseful about, like, what the fuck happened there, and 
he's trying to like kind of like almost get some like kind of affirmation from the president like saying that like you know i did i was the one that made this thing and then truman i guess in his own way reality checks him saying that you think anyone's gonna give a flying fuck about who made the bomb they're gonna care about who dropped it me i'm gonna get shit for it and like that kind of rubbed truman off in the wrong way because it's like why are you crying i'm the one that basically ordered it and he basically told him to get the fuck out it was honestly like one of the coldest fucking things I've ever seen where like a president straight up tells you to get the fuck out. And I, I, I'm gushing about the movie. There is plenty of things that I really did like about it. And even uh, my girlfriend who I watched it with, the movie was three hours, but at the very least, like we weren't bored throughout much of it. There was a lot of times where there was a lot of times we there was we trust yes we David we there was a lot of times though where we did kind of get lost in the jargon because obviously this is a movie about a nuclear weapon or like an atomic weapon and like there's obviously a lot of science behind it and even me in the C minus that I've had in my science class from years back. I had some a bit of trouble like then kind of catching up with a lot of it. Although a lot of the times the 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 movie was trying real hard. I could tell that it was trying real hard not to delve too deep into the terminology because they knew that they would lose the audience if they did. So the way that they sort of kind of explained a lot of the terms and theories was more so in a very like kind of simplified sort of way, but also written in a way where at the very least it's like they did a lot of analogies that um to like kind of compare let's say a lot of the concepts because they knew that okay if we just kind of explain this dryly like a science teacher our audience would hate this fucking movie and they were and uh, i don't know if that is the case but it definitely that has to do with like directorial styles because mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember the big short you yeah, remember yeah. That movie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that movie um it was basically about the stock market crash of 08 mm-hmm. uh or whatever fucking year it was about also go watch that movie too it's a good movie Ah, uh, that's the thing with that movie, man, because it's, like, very, very complicated economics in that movie. Yeah. And the way that film does it is it tries to be, like, trendy with it. And it's like, and here to explain what short selling oh, yeah. is, we have Bar Raffaele in her hot tub. And, and then and, they'll and, cut to Bar Raffaele naked in her hot tub explaining... No, it was the, Margot Robbie. Or, you know what? They did I know, I know, I know, but I'm, just, I know, I know. I'm just spitting I, I'm out. Just it, it doesn't I'm have to be saying. fucking exact. Yeah. And it wasn't actually Robert Downey Jr. in the fucking... Yo, know, Oppenheimer movie, you know, facts, <laughs> whatever. But um, it was actually it great to... seeing him again, though. Uh, yeah, it was. RDJ. Yeah, it's probably even better for him being there, just distancing himself from Marvel a little bit. Yeah, he said he, he which said I was he happy to do that. Yeah, mm, I was probably, happy prob- about that. He probably came out like more scot free than most of the actors in that shit, except for probably Chris Pratt. But uh, maybe Evans too. I don't know. I feel as if Evans like he... Evans did, he's done a couple things. Yeah, just yeah. not good ones because <laughs> he's in that Lightyear movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was also in that romantic comedy or that ro- romantic spot. Oh yeah, those are just great for the career. <laughs> he's, he does, he's good, man. He doesn't I, I, need I, I, it. No, I, 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 I mean, I mean, because like I don't like, have he's a that Hollywood actor career. Who don't got a strike on the picket line right now, yeah. man. Like he's got <laughs> true, like that true. kind of money. Uh, true, hopefully true. he still does though, or at least supports it. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Nolan, it's different if we're transitioning a bit from like the history of it, because like the reason, part of the reason I didn't like this movie that much. Mm-hmm. is because it is so so nolan oh no like yeah oh absolutely absolutely one of the most chris nolan-y chris nolan <laughs> movies i've ever seen in my life it's got like the full like you know like that like those mm. like fucking that soundtrack that he has in every scene like yeah yeah boom, boom. i can't even make the sound with my mouth yeah but you know that kind of like sort of like computerish like orchestral sound dark that he has night kind of like you kinda. know the dark night like the whole movie is just like fucking yeah there's always like this little like sort of beat like in the background yeah. oh that's also just Hans Zimmer though I don't know if Hans Zimmer was in this movie it sounded like the fucking dark night sound OST to me or soundtrack I guess as movies mm. go uh, sorry S- gamer, S- gamer S- lingo S- that and the big reason 
I did not like it is because, like, Chris Nolan likes to show off in his writing and his directorial style. Mm -hmm. And that I'm so good at writing this shit, I can write a movie completely the fuck out of order. And you'll still <laughs> be able to understand it enough to a T. And that is the thing I didn't like, man. In the second half, the movie became very hard to follow for me. Just because mm -hmm. it's so much juxtaposition so many jump cuts between like this part of like the uh oh yeah the interrogation the the, yeah. the prosecution yeah. this part of the prosecution this yeah, part of the yeah. prosecution it doesn't just go like a normal movie or be like okay here's when they prosecuted oppenheimer here's where they prosecuted his wife here's where they prosecuted mm -hmm. like some other scientists that were on the project yeah it yeah takes bits and pieces from editing it must have been a fucking nightmare of every mm -hmm. single like part of it all in all and a lot of people like that directorial style and it's insane like when it actually works and it's expertly done and you can understand the gist of what's going on but this time around for you no, it just didn't it just no didn't. it was still it very hit. hard you know i didn't even my father had to explain to me the entire reason he was even being prosecuted afterwards or why the mm -hmm. senator was even like prosecuting him for being investigated for being a communist after the bombs yeah. went off because that was never clear to me I knew that happened to him beforehand going in because I knew the history, but mm -hmm. from just the movie itself, it wasn't clear even why, like, they even went the route that he was being interrogated in the first place. At least it wasn't for me. It was just so Nolan-y, and part of the reason I like Dark Knight is because it's, you know, ironically, like, very less Nolan-y. That movie really doesn't tell its story out of order at all. It's completely It's pretty linear, linear yeah. It's yeah, exactly. very linear. Mm -hmm. Like, most of his movies are not like that. Even Memento, a movie I love which the whole theme of that movie is that it's told completely fucking backwards. Mm -hmm. it, but it worked there. But it, that's like, also like a technique that other directors use. It's like, oh, we're going to just go and start the movie at the end, and then we're just going to then go and trail backwards. And then the ending is basically how no, it all began no, 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 no. and shit. You're thinking of like, no, you're thinking of flashbacks, though. That's not what Memento is. Like, no, no, I'm like, not talking about Memento. I'm just saying like at least other movies have done that. Like, that sort of, kind of, like, I guess, style. Where they started at the end, and then they, like, sort of ended at the beginning. Yeah. Just to at least show you, like, oh, this is how it all went down. This was the guy who did it. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but, like, it's, like, something you know in Memento, right? Like, where they do that, and then... Also, never watched Memento. So, like, okay, well, that's, yeah. That's it, also it starts with showing, like, who did the who done it, and then, like, you're being like, oh, what's the point? We know who did it. But then it's just as interesting how it's told backwards. Mm -hmm. And obviously, this is not the case with, like, Oppenheimer, but, you know... I don't know, man. It's just, it was, it was too tropey as far as Nolan's films go. It was, that's the reason I didn't it, like it that I, much. I, I, I'd say as if, if it was like tropey just in relation to Nolan, because he's a very distinct sort of kind of director and yeah. he has his own very distinct style. And I think I've seen a lot of people kind of go flip flopping and saying that like, it's like, oh, this is Nolan's best to like, oh, what the fuck? Like, thing. it's like, he's doing this shit again. <laughs> it's like this kind of like that little uh, debate going on about it. And I think personally for me, it's like anyone who's not J.J. Abrams is all good in my book, no matter what uh, they, they kind of do, because uh, I fucking hate J.J. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I don't really hate J.J. Abrams. It's like Abrams, Wes Anderson. But... Like, you can tell a Wes Anderson movie the second you watch it, and it's the same with Nolan. Like, you'll know yeah. it's a Nolan movie because I... it, it's got the marks. That, and also, I think it's, if you... Always, if you liked Nolan's style in his previous movies, Dunkirk and even like a few others, not counting Dark Knight because this is like I'm t this is all post Dark Knight, all yeah. the stuff that we're talking Inception, about. Inception, which is another movie yeah. that I think kind of insists on insists on itself a little bit. I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of that movie either. So it, it was so weird how that movie got so popular overnight. I never understood it. I thought it was a good movie, but the way people talked about it was as if this was like the second coming of Christ. Like, it was so odd to me. I just didn't get it. I liked the movie. Again, I did like it, but I didn't think it was like so jaw-droppingly fucking amazing that like, it just invalidates every other movie since then. It's like, oh, fuck it. It shits, it all, it shits on all of them. Like, I know, I just, I, I don't know. I just didn't get it. it. It crossed a point where, like, movies were stopped being linear in that kind of way, and, do, like, these directors tried to start doing other things, and people thought they were huge intellectuals for it. Same thing happened with fucking Rick and Morty. And now the Rick and Morty fans think they're fucking geniuses because they like Rick and Morty. Unironically, too. That's what's yeah. even sad. You know so, what I mean? And Inception like, was low-key the same thing, because the movie was so deep and so confusing at the time. We're in a dream within a dream, and if you die at this point in the dream, yeah. you go to limbo, but you can't kill yourself at this point in the dream, otherwise you'll go in that guy's dream, and then that guy's having a wet dream, so you have to jack him off first before he's done. <laughs> it's like, you, you can't, like, it, it was cool at the time, and now looking back on it, people became sick of it, because now we want our stories to make a little more sense again, which... 
I don't know. Like, that's part of the reason. And another thing, really, beyond the directorial style is because it focuses, and I appreciate this about the movie, actually, mm-hmm. way more on the man instead of yeah. just what he did. It's about Oppenheimer. It's about his life before, during, and after the bomb. We don't see the explosion. You no. see the... Like, spoiler alert, I guess. There you go. <laughs> fuck. You don't see the explosion. You see the test explosion that they did. Mm-hmm. And it didn't hit me as hard as I, I thought it should have. Like, I was told it was supposed to... Sh- well, I didn't see it in an IMAX, so maybe that's part of the reason. But, like, it's supposed to, like, shake the seats. And all it did was jump scare me, like, fucking Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, no. Because, <laughs> yeah, it did for me, because too. Because <laughs> the, the flash happens. You see the flash. Yeah, yeah. And then instead of, like, you're bracing yourself for the explosion, which I gotta say, the movie did a wonderful job at building up the tension before it. Wonderful oh, fucking yeah, job. Fucking the music was... Mwah, that was great. That was great. I was gripping my seats. I'm like, okay, it's gonna be loud. It's gonna, it's gonna, that, it's like, gonna fucking, because I almost then forgot. It yeah. cucks you because like, the flash happens, it goes dead silent yeah, while yeah. everyone's gripped in their seats, but and then, then he just forget. goes, I am become death, destroyer of worlds. Oh, and then it fucking because you forget down. sound travels it, yeah. it takes a while sometimes for obviously you to hear it. So, um, oh, that that's part, right, like, actually, yeah, yeah, that part kind of eluded me because I was just like, I. <laughs> This is how fucking stupid I am. I literally, like, legit in my head was about to be like, hey, yo, what happened to the sound? And then it's a <laughs> <laughs> oh, They don't show the TV interview? I thought for sure what they were going to do is... Was, like, ended with that TV interview? That, no, like, famous even, one? Not even the TV interview, which, by the way, the movie doesn't even do the thing where, like, oh, J. Robert Oppenheimer after this, like, you know, like, the oh, bio, yeah, like, yeah, the bio. Yeah. They didn't do that either, which was surprising. Uh, I guess it's just not Nolan's style because he doesn't normally do um, period pieces like this all the time. I also think, though, it wasn't strictly meant to be a kind of traditional biopic. That's because, what I'm saying. It's, like, yeah. not his style, yeah, really, yeah. to do that. It's like, here's my take on a biopic. This is what mm. I would do if I had my biopics, which is dope. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's it's his own thing, and it's different for it, you know? I think also because of the crazy amount of cuts in the movie, it made it feel, feel, not that it was, it made it feel like it was a bit more action-y, a bit more quicker paced than, let's say, a biopic typically is, where it's a bit of a, not really a slow burn, depends on, I guess, who the, or what the biopic or who the biopic is about, but at least in his case, because of all the fucking cuts, like every 30 seconds, or I'm, I'm Fucking around here, guys, and I don't really mean he was jumping, yeah. coming like every thirty seconds. But like with the amount of cuts that um he was kind of doing, like throughout the entire movie, from the interrogation to well to the hearing to the fucking RDJ's character trying to become a member of the president's president's cabinet, and just a lot of other shit kind of going off, especially even during when the project was still going on in Los Alamos. Like, you know, it feels like it felt like a lot of shit was just happening all at once at the because like, there was like three plots that were basically happening all at once. His hearing, the RDJ's hearing, and then plus the bomb. But that plot gets end up ends up getting, I guess, wrapped up by the end or like mm-hmm. by the middle of the movie, I guess. And then the rest of it is just kind of like the two hearings that were that were now then focused on. But uh, at least again, like uh, the runtime. Yeah, it w- it was definitely three hours because like I like I didn't really f- again I didn't really feel it at least by the end. But when I checked my clock, I was actually kind of shocked. I was like, oh, sh- holy, oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. like three hour movies just kind of like do f- like if they're boring, if they're boring, if your movie is three hours and it's boring, fuck you fuck you with a stick but if you're like nolan and a bunch of other guys who i think at least like you know anyone who's watched lord of the rings and watched like the the uh, director's cut like return of the king's like three hours and 20 or three hours and 15 i think and like no one like i don't i've never heard if you really enjoyed it i never heard anyone being bored of lord of the rings like flat out i've never heard of it like it's like yeah a lot of the um extra stuff that they added in was like it's like more meant for like kind of the lore people, I suppose, because it's like at least the theatrical cut was still like two hours and forty. That's still a good fucking chunk of time for a movie. You like really think a- nobody ever gets bored of the rings? <laughs> you sure? No, no, no. I'm talking about like the diehard fans. Like, uh, these yeah, are the people who, like, that's what I'm saying. These these are the people that would watch this shit, like, fucking well, every saying, year. Man. Like, Tolkien, like, drops the backstory on every fucking tree branch. <laughs> 
This tree branch was was picked off from a tree from 2,000 years ago. By the first hobbit. And the Lord Sauron threw the stick at a hobbit. And the hobbit got angry. Fly, you fox. It's like, fly, you fox. <laughs> And then he yeah. chucked the ring at him. And Oppenheimer was way more of a movie than a biopic. Is absolutely, basically, I think, yeah, what we're absolutely. trying to say. Like, it was absolutely. very much like Nolan's movie. It's not like, hey, it's like a normal biopic of, like, completely linear. Oppenheimer did this, then he did that, then he did that, then he did that, then he did that. Three and hours. And, and then, then it's this just happened. Nolan directed it. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like an and then this happened. It's like, and then this happened while this was happening, while that was happening, and then this happened after that. Yeah. So, um... I thought for sure. I, I guess the movie didn't really take much of a stance either because, like, the whole debate is on whether you should have dropped the bomb or not. And there's this one great scene where, like, the stress that's getting to him is, like, persona... Mm -hmm. is, like... Um, the flash. It's, like, it's symbolized through the flash mm -hmm. and he hears the explosion in his head. Like, he gave, like, a rallying speech to a bunch of troops mm -hmm. and he's, like, forcing himself to say shit he doesn't want to say. He's like, yeah. and, I, and I just wish we, we dropped it on Germany first. Oh, yeah. when, the I, crowd yo, when, goes, I heard, when I heard that, I was like... Different Even time, man. Because there was a lot of guys on that project that, like, I suppose knew him more, a bit more on a personal level. And, like, I know, at least in that scene, like, the, the question of, like, should we, should we have really dropped it or not, like, kind of subtly comes up. It subtly came up for me because of the fact that, like, well, if we didn't do it, if we didn't build it, then these clearly evil fuckers were going to do it. Yep. So, like, we had to be the ones to basically drop out, drop out on them first, or at least build it first. And, like, now, it, it was so, like, you know, there was, um, I think there was a mention of it in the book. And I don't want to quote the book too much, because, again, I haven't really read it. Um, but apparently there was a lot of, um, kind of, uh, I'm trying to find the word here, like, fucking stupid like not misgivings but like maybe i guess misgivings like from a lot of people on the project where by the end and when they were getting closer towards the first uh test or like the final test i guess a lot of guys on the project were getting a lot of very strong second thoughts about building this shit because they knew what it meant if they successfully made it and like what like would come afterwards and i think it's it was just sort of that kind of like thing where they were so focused on just building the fucking thing that the closer they got to it they sort of kind of realized like oh fuck like what are we doing it like, loomed it wasn't like a yeah. big idea at first it just it yeah. loomed as it went on you know yeah and like i don't think well i think they had to have an idea of like what the world's landscape would have been like after they built this shit because a lot of times in history whenever someone did build like the weapon and it became like the weapon like that everyone was using everyone else just sort of like kind of picked it up too. And I'm not talking in the same vein of like, oh yeah, like he built the cannon, we can build a cannon. He built a gun, we could build a gun. More so because like at least when it came to technology like this, the world had the scientists to build it. They even had, I guess, the technology to build it. But it was more so like there was just a few things about it, at least from what I got from the movie. And again, I don't know nothing about like at least this sort of side of history. But like... We just need just like just to figure this fucking thing out. And if we could figure it out, then we could build this shit. Yeah. And like once they figured it out, again, they even compare Oppenheimer to a modern day Prometheus. Prometheus literally gave fire to the rest of the world. And for his punishment, he was he was literally chained to a fucking mountain. And he was basically um, another part of the punishment was was that like an eagle or some big ass fucking bird just claws at it, like just eats at his like insides but he will not die like that is his internal punishment his uh, eternal punishment right and like i think it's it's weird because like you said that um before that the movie was trying or at least the movie wasn't really taking like a hard stance on like where they stand with this guy but i think at least i don't know maybe this is like kind of a a real really weird cockamamie way of like kind of looking at it from my perspective but i think they did in the saying that like this guy cannot be just judged as good or bad by anybody there's no black and white to this man like at all he's supremely complicated when it comes to just kind of like what he did 
and the ramifications of it like came afterwards. Yeah, you know, there's people who still debate about it today, you know, and like the movie does a wonderful job at talking about that because like in the boardroom, like there's like a whole debate on whether they should do it or not. And they talk about all oh, the Japanese will never quit. Like more people mm. will actually die if we don't drop this thing. Yeah. Like, they said that, but then it's innocent which was true. people dying. Which was true, yeah. And then they talk about, like, the ramifications of what will happen afterwards, what it turned into, the whole Prometheus thing. And mm. I think they wanted to not steer so hard in that direction, because one thing that I was expecting in the film that I now understand why we didn't get, we never see the bombs drop on Japan. They don't yeah. show that. They don't show it dropping on, Hir on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, mm -hmm. because that, like, the visuals would essentially be the equivalent of watching, like, those, like, you know, PETA advertisements that It'd never make you want to eat at McDonald's again, you know what I mean? It, it Where they show be... you, like, chopping up the chickens, they yeah. show you cutting their heads off, chopping up <laughs> yeah. the pigs and shit, like, for your bacon and whatnot, slaughtering you... the cows, like, for your fucking Big Mac. It'll make you not want to do that again, even though you're not the one who did it, you, it's, it's protein or whatever, you're not against eating meat. It would have been the same thing if they show the fucking zombie people that were, like, walking yeah. around with their faces melted and shit, that would have given the movie a clear stance, which, as Dennis pointed out earlier, was clearly not its goal. Yeah. At least not maybe until the very end. But, you well, know. Well, because that's the thing. At least by the end, like, I think the movie concludes that this man is a tragic figure. Not a hero. He's not a hero by any means, in my opinion. I think what he did uh, for his country and building the damn thing, it... <sighs> I don't know where to stand on it, really. Because it's like... He did a great service. I think that goes without saying. I think what his team and what they did and everything, just objectively, scientifically, was a breakthrough. That cannot be understated. But mm -hmm. it's just more so that, like, again, the ramifications that came afterwards and, like, just kind of the world we live in now where it's like, yeah, we joke about, like, oh, yeah, North Korea is going to threaten to nuke everybody. Hey, like, thing, you know, it's... It's only a meme until it's not. And... Well, we kind of shit on North Korea anyways, because it's like, it's like there, there's nothing that they, they can't intimidate nobody anymore. Like, roll up the U.S. Pacific fleet and they'll literally just calm the fuck down. That's just how it'd be. But like, mm -hmm. like, but like even now, like Russia, like in the war that they're uh, waging now in Ukraine and like even just kind of like, don't know if this is true or not, but like I did hear rumblings that like, you know, fucking Putin trying to be rolling up the ICBMs like up there but like we haven't had the the, the significant thing is, is that we haven't had a nuclear device dropped on a civilian location since 1945 and we've apparently escaped nuclear annihilation a couple times already not a many times but a couple times we've escaped it the Cuban Missile Crisis being the biggest one obviously off the top of my fucking head and that was a pretty close one, considering, like, Kennedy was the one that was saying we should nuke the fuck out of them. Mm -hmm. He was the one that was saying it. The president who everyone loves to say, oh, he was great, and we love Kennedy. He was also real trigger-happy with the fucking nukes when it came to the Cuban <laughs> Missile Crisis. It was Also, his finger was a little trigger-happy when it was inside of Marilyn Monroe. Hey, oh, but, uh, anyways. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. I don't know. Ken I think Kennedy also is just kind of like a bit more of a nuanced guy. It was so funny. They kind of tied him in into the movie. There was a guy who was a commissioner of during Robert Downey Jr.'s hearing. And the guy's name was yep. JFK. I was like, oh, there's going to be a Nolan movie about JFK. Fucking watch. Fucking watch. There's going to be one. And it's, it's going to. That doesn't seem like the kind of guy he would make a movie about. I think it is. I think just because everyone, uh, like, just historically views him so, like, publicly, they view him so favorably. But if you really kind of look into the man himself, he's kind of a piece of shit. I will say what America needs now is definitely, definitely not another Kennedy. Oh, as uh, we're learning about right now. I've been saying for years that we need another uh, Roosevelt. That's we need a Roosevelt. What I think we, need. we need a Roosevelt. Either FDR or Theodore. We need I one of them. I still think Teddy Roosevelt is still probably to this day the best president. He's good. Among the best presidents the country ever, ever, ever fucking had. Like, without question. That's what we need right now. So I can kind of agree with you on that front. I mean, there's definitely more to discover about it. But my fucking God, there have been so many JFK miniseries and biopics. They, like, so many on him. <laughs> that is true. That there is true. There have been so many. We actually don't need another one on him. 
Real shit. No, like, there's other yeah. presidents yeah, we yeah. can fucking do, but like, regardless of what we need, it's, it's whatever Nolan's fucking, you know, tickling his asshole about at any given oh, time, you know, whatever he wants to fucking do. Nolan's like up there now with like uh, Tarantino and fucking. Uh, oh, easily, like, yeah. And Scorsese. He's just like, give me the money and I'll make my movie. He's like, okay. And then they just okay. give him the money. <laughs> Even Einstein, it's like he was only in like this movie for like. Well, I mean, I guess so he played great. his role, but like. Yeah, and the guy who played him actually fairly looked like him. I, I don't know. I thought he looked closer to Einstein than Killian Murphy did to Oppenheimer. So I was like, I was like, okay, like they're not too bad. Like this is just strictly going off of like how close they look like to the real people. Because Oppenheimer, like Killian Murphy, had some angles where he did look like the man. But it was more so when he just was a bit older. When they aged him by like near the end of the movie, he actually kind of looked like the guy. Just a like, bit more than he did when he was a bit younger. Mm -hmm. But... You know, the kind of guy where you can like just pretty much see his skull through his face? <laughs> it's like so hollowed out yeah. by the end. Yeah, like, guy was actually fairly skinny. I think people actually described him um, as like, the guy looks frail, but he's got the energy of like a fucking gorilla. Like, he's just, like, got that crazy, like, just, like, yeah, gotta do it kind of energy. And, um... Also, Josh Peck was in this movie for some fucking Yo, reason. it was honestly... I, guys, yeah. this is, like, we're gonna... <laughs> I know it sounds like we're deviating off from, like, I guess more so about, like, the, like, the meat of the movie. But, like, there was a couple casting choices in this movie that I was like... Like, oh, like, okay, you in this movie. <laughs> like, Josh Peck being one of them... Not that, like, I was, like, thinking, oh, he doesn't deserve to be in this movie. He's, this is above his pay grade. Eh, like, nothing like that. Was Tom Hardy played the Russian dude, right? No. No, that wasn't that, Tom Hardy. Oh, uh, I thought it was. No. Damn, if, if that was Tom Hardy, that was Tom Hardy with prosthetics on him and shit. I, I thought it kind of looked like him. My bad. Tom, I, no, I, like, dude, you're not going to ask Tom Hardy to do an offensive Russian accent. <laughs> but you can make him sound like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Okay, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, you can make him sound yeah. like Xi Jinping, the great Chinese chairman of the Communist Party. But, um... <laughs> that was a bad joke. But, uh, like... At, like, it, I don't know. It was actually kind of crazy to see, like, so many, like... Uh, I guess you could call them fairly big name. But, like, obviously the bigger names being um, Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. And I don't know if Robert Downey Jr. was in the promotional material... Like, at all. I haven't... I don't think he was. I don't believe so. Just because, like... I when I was. may I don't know, maybe. I just hadn't really seen a lot of the TV ads or even the... Um, the trailer, I only watched, like, the first one. And I don't think... Um, what was his character's name? Strauss. St or Struss. Such a fucking wasp thing to do. Actually, it's pronounced Struss. It's like, fuck you, man. I'll pronounce your name however the fuck I want. But, um... He's such a douchebag in that movie. I, I, I just love that that Robert Downey Jr. got to play a douchebag again that wasn't Iron Man. Right. S something was just so appropriate and like just felt right seeing him play such like oh, a... Oh yeah, Remy, Remy Mal... Uh, Remy Malik, uh, yeah. Remy, Remy Malik and Jack Quaid. And Jack Quaid, yeah. The guy from The Boys, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was... Uh, yeah, man, it was actually crazy the amount of people they got for this. It's and, all like, Nolan's movies, man. Like He always has like these like fucking... Gary Oldman was in this. He played uh, Truman, I think. That's right, he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Because his Truman makeup reminded me of Churchill. And I was like, you look very familiar, old man. And then like it hit me. It's like, oh my god, that's Gary Oldman. Casey Affleck was in this? Yeah, yeah. He played um, that really fucking scary uh, army officer who um, he, like showed up to the university again. To like kind of talk to Oppenheimer about like, you know, who did you talk to? Like, where did you go? Like, what did yeah. you do? He was like this very soft spoken, but he looks like he could like reach into your chest and rip your heart out kind of guy. <laughs> he was actually fairly scary. <laughs> he was like the kind of guy that like you, it's like, you know, when Bane touched um the guy's like neck, just went quiet immediately. He's like that kind of guy. That's at least like the kind of vibe I got uh, from the dude. I was like, oh fuck, this guy's sinister as fuck. Wait, Josh Peck didn't say that line? What? Josh Peck played Kenneth Bainbridge. Yeah. Kenneth Bainbridge was the guy who, after the first nuclear test, said, Now we are all sons of bitches. Oh, did he not say the line? No! Oh, what a missed opportunity. That's what I'm saying, It's such bro. a good line! That is a bigger missed opportunity than at the end of Shadow the Hedgehog. 
Shadow doesn't say sayonara Shadow the Hedgehog. He says goodbye forever Shadow the Hedgehog. And apparently it was a translation error that that's why he doesn't oh, say that. I mean localization. Biggest fucking ball drop ever. <laughs> localization errors like that did happen a lot back yeah, in the day. Yeah straight up you remember at the end of like you remember at the end of Sonic Adventure where like Sonic turns like as the credits rolling he says sayonara Shadow the Hedgehog. And it's like oh that was perfect. I don't oh. know why but that was perfect. And then Shadow when he like overcomes everything about himself says I don't give a fuck about my past no more. He doesn't say it. Suck my dick. The game, that game fucking sucks ass. <laughs> Whatever, though. Uh, but, that's that's unfortunate hmm. that he he didn't um, he didn't uh, say that. Yeah, Florence Pugh. I forgot she was. Oh in yeah, this no, too. yeah, her too. She just he's, she's literally she was she was his fuck toy. That's literally what Florence Pugh was <laughs> in this fucking movie. And then she kills herself. Spoiler. Yo, one thing that my, my girlfriend did say. Yo, Oppenheimer be a trifling ass motherfucker. Like he really just be fucking anything and anyone that moved. Well, granted, the man was under a lot of stress. <laughs> guy was a womanizer. Like the guy actually was a fairly known womanizer. Why are all these guys who like do these things, like these big things, happen to just be womanizers at the end of the day? Like the historical figures, I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that I'm talking about. Everybody just looks the other way because usually the shit that they did is just usually way more important. Like, again, like, JFK, you know, yeah. total fucking womanizer. But, like, the guy prevented nuclear holocaust even though he wanted to do nuclear holocaust. So, it's like, people are like, okay. It's the way, also, they frame the narrative nowadays. Because, at least, I think, a lot of presidents and even a lot of the good ones that we've uh, had over the years, like, they do... They have been kind of more criticized over the years because I think a lot of people are kind of just taking off, like, the sort of rose-tinted glasses. Because, at least, a lot of the ones who are criticizing them are like fairly more younger generation like kind of historians who are like you know just finished college and like you know the way at least the dissertations are like it's like not just more so like kind of writing it in like the romantic sense but really just kind of criticizing a lot of them mm-hmm. even teddy roosevelt who we both love was a big lover of gunboat diplomacy because he just straight up said, you know, if they don't want to open the country, open fire. I don't give a fuck. Like, they're going to open up. I don't give a shit. That was exactly what he said to um, to the American Navy when they went past Japan. Like, they came back. Like, because there was two events that happened. They showed up the first time and they went back and then they came back. Because they got orders from Teddy himself. If they're not going to open up, well, then open fire. Fuck it. He straight up said that. And around Teddy Roosevelt's time was also when um, the uh, American imperialism was on the rise. Like, the guy was a big, big, big proponent of that. And it's like during his presidency that we had events like the, um, like the Hawaiian Islands and even a few others. Like... I might be wrong about that, but, like, he was, like, a big um, supporter of American imperialism. The whole Great White Fleet, that whole thing was his whole idea. Right. And, um, like, he was also not wrong uh, in his whole um, kind of arguments uh, during America's involvement during World War One, or even before they got involved, because uh, he thought, like, this is, like, you know, we are sending supplies to the Entente and a few others, but we're going to just sit here and say like, oh no, we're neutral. It's just kind of sort of calling out the hypocrisy of it all. And like, I know everyone does kind of remember at least his, um, his, uh, accomplishments during his presidency and what he did for the USA. But again, like no president's perfect. Like, like even FDR and even like me, actually, like I actually do admire the man and even Lincoln as well. There's no such thing as an infallible president. There's no such thing as like a squeaky clean sort the of president. The point is that they're supposed to be us. You yeah. Know, like they're they're just one of us that we put up there to. to With their own self interests as well. Like even yep. if they are president, they all got their own self interests. Mm-hmm. And like you know, there is like that's why at the very least, like I would love if they could do it well. I would love a Teddy Roosevelt movie. I think a movie about him in our in our day and age need kind of has to be made because. It has to kind of tell people that, like, look, this is the kind of level of president that we had. The guy was a prima donna, like, by all means. He was a very complicated man. And at the very least, like, t- talking about Teddy specifically, he um, he obviously did a lot of great things. And, like, the whole... The guy was just a badass. 
Above all, the guy got shot and still gave a speech. Who the fuck kind of president do you know would have fucking gotten shot and then given a speech? It's fucking metal as shit, man. That yeah. shit's fucking hardcore. I'm surprised there isn't more shit about him, to be honest. I mean, maybe that could be Oppenheimer's next one, but that one, I don't know. That doesn't, that actually genuinely does not sound like an Oppenheimer movie. No, it might not even be Nolan. Who, it yeah. might not be Nolan, but no, I not think... Not Oppenheimer, not a Nolan movie, no. Not yeah, like that sort of level. But, yeah. like, I think his life is, and his whole, like, just kind of, like, his accomplishments, I think, need to be um, presented uh, just more for the, for the kind of, maybe a bit more for the younger generation, just because of, like, just at least, like, we've had such a string of, like, I'm even going to say it, Obama was a very mediocre president. He was, like... You know, a lot of people celebrated him for being the first black president, but he was also the one that was telling the drones to fly in, in fucking Syria and everywhere else. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, he was the one saying that, not his generals. He was the one saying that. And, you know, everyone just sort of loves to focus on like the good. And I even think, give it like 20 years, there'll also be like probably a, uh, maybe not Nolan, but like a biopic about like uh, Obama that... Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. I, and it's just like, it's just too good not to make. And like, I don't know what, let's say, the ulterior motive would be to make make one about him. Because like, at least so far, like Obama's generally kind of seen, like, is kind of looked back favorably his presidency. <clears throat> even though a lot of people still don't like Obamacare, even to this day. And like, you know, among other shit that he's done. Mm -hmm. But like, it's... Um, I don't know, like, a lot of those presidents that we had back in the day, and even FDR, too, like, thing, he, he was a great president as well. Like, just kind of at least the way he navigated a country. He was the second president, or maybe, I guess, third, who navigated their country through a time of war. Lincoln, Wilson, and then plus FDR. And for FDR, at least, it's like, he was dealing with a country that literally was broke as fuck by the outbreak of World War I. They weren't in the war, but they were broke as fuck by, by the beginning of it. And his whole, like, kind of neutrality stance and even just the whole lend leasing and shit, everyone kind of knows it as, like, kind of what brought, like, managed to bring the Americans out of the economic, like, hellhole that they were in. It literally helped them from poverty, in a way. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, I don't know, like, I, I would just, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is, and what I'm rambling on about is just that, like, oh, I would just love to see more presidents, yeah. like, as more people, like, within our history, like, kind of within, like, the sort of 20s to 30s era, a bit more kind of, like, uh, kind of in the limelight and just have, like, a couple more movies on them, or even, like, a short series. I think a fucking short series about, like, FDR or Teddy would fucking sell, like, hotcakes. A miniseries about Teddy Roosevelt would be fucking hype as shit. It depends I would on how it's marketed. To be honest, I mean, you got to make it not too historical for people to be interested in it. Like Oppenheimer, be like, hey, this is a Chris Nolan film. Because that's why a lot of people would go to see it, went to go Ooh, see yeah. it. A lot of other people wouldn't have given a shit. Uh, but I wouldn't like, have seen it. A lot of the shit that Teddy Roosevelt did was, seemed like it was out of an action movie anyways. The bro went to fucking South America, got sick, and managed to canoe his ass out of there and went back home. Yeah. It's not actually insane what the some of the stuff he did. He went to war. He charged a fucking hill without horses he was supposed to get horses but he didn't get his horses so he just said hey yo fuck this and he just charged the hill. there is stuff stuff that they could market actually now got that shot that. and gave a speech that alone is enough for a trailer and you know what they could do the oppenheimer thing with that too where like they build up the like the tension and the music during various parts of the movie during other speeches and then the audience doesn't know which speech is going to be the one where he gets shot Mm. And then the bullet jump scares them, just like the fucking, um... Like, cuts to black, but you hear the gunshot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, and then Teddy you Roosevelt has a text. One. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> Something I, like that. It, just calls, it, it, would be so, it would be hilarious if they called it this. It's just called Teddy. And how do you call, like, Teddy like Roosevelt or Teddy or Teddy Roosevelt? It's just called Teddy. Everyone just automatically knows who the fuck they're talking about. You know, honestly, it makes me think of how, like, a historical movie could even be, like as successful or as popularized as, like, Oppenheimer has. I really do think the fact that Nolan was behind it had a lot to do with it. And just mainly the whole Barb- the Barbie Barbenheimer thing. yeah, yeah. Like, the Barbenheimer thing, which actually got people to come to the theaters off of social media trends, and now 
Hollywood's probably trying to figure out how they can capitalize on that while paying their workers as little yeah. as fucking possible. While their just, writers are still on strike as well. Yeah, while so. their writers, while their writers and their actors are still on strike, and probably, be their, probably kinda, their animators soon. Like hush hush on that one. Gonna be kind of hard to capitalize on that if you got nobody working for you. Yeah, because I think Hollywood? they can just still control social media trends as if it's not a volatile thing that you know but, communities just decide to make memes about and then like go see shit out of nowhere. It's not like something I, corporatism can completely always uh, like control. I also like I also said Hollywood is not a proactive sort of industry. It's a fucking reactive one. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah they're, they're gonna just, like, react to this and be like, "How can we make another Barbieheimer happen?" Like <laughs> it just it just happened, man. I it's like the it's name, like trying to create a meme. Memes just but, happen. The, Viral well, memes thing, just yeah. happen. You Them know what I mean? trying to artificially make one is the downfall of anyone who makes memes. That's what I I'm think, saying. Like the yeah, next it has movie, to happen organically. The next movie that comes out and is just called Teddy, like directed by Wes Anderson, it's, it's going to flop because they're going to be like, we're trying to chase a trend here. We're trying to make a trend where there wasn't one. You yeah, know what I mean? Because now the guys from Teddy, this like the execs or whoever, they're going to be reaching out to other fucking studios and going to be like, hey, what's some shit you got that, that's uh, coming out uh, around like the time of when Teddy's coming out? So we got uh, this, this, and this. We have a movie about Winnie the Pooh getting fucked in the ass by like, uh, by Eeyore. It's like, okay, can we... All right, what what's the what's the date for that? Okay, uh, so August fourteenth. All right, so we're gonna coordinate a uh a simultaneous release of Winnie the Pooh gets fucked by Eeyore and Teddy. And it's gonna be Teddy gets fucked by Eeyore, and we're gonna coordinate that. It's gonna be a double feature. Oh, uh, Tinny. Yeah, <laughs> Tinny. Winnie Winnie Roosevelt. <laughs> Featuring Tom Hardy as Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Reprising his role, basically. It's it's gonna be great. We're gonna make so much money. It's, it's gonna be great. Now, and, it uh, really <laughs> just brings the question of how you're gonna get the general public to really give a shit about these historical movies. Because no offense, Dennis, but not everybody is a historian, and they don't no, give a shit no, about these but things. The way TikTokers present history is that they present it in a very allegorical sort of way, where it's not ever 100% factual. That's a what, lot yeah, of times. Like, like, but that's the, gonna be the driving force of it all. They're gonna, like, you see any TikTok, and, and like, any person who, like, like, isn't, like, is a, I guess, who really likes some crazy shit that someone's done, right? You read up anything that Teddy Roosevelt has done, his exploits, and you just turn up, like, the sort of, like, grandioseness just a little bit, and it's gonna resonate with a lot of people, because... He really did do a lot of crazy shit, even by our standards. It's actually kind of nuts what he did, like, in life. And, like, I think if you, like, sort of, like, think, kind of say, like, some buzzwords. He's a badass. Broken kicks some ass. And he really did. And, like, it'll just resonate with people. Like, because, like, because young people had no reason to see Oppenheimer. I saw literal fucking kids younger than high schoolers watching this movie. I'm like, why are you watching this? How are you into this? It is a very like, interesting are, phenomenon, yeah. isn't it? You know, like just how they were able to market the this. But that's what I'm saying. It's the power of social media in the end. Like, they're they're, they're going to find a way. And this, this whole Barbenheimer thing did kind of happen a bit organically. We can argue that. So at the very least, it's like, you know, it could happen again. But I also just feel that this is going to be like, um, what do you say? Like, what do you call it? Uh... Like, it's going to be one of those times where, okay, yeah, Hollywood's going to look back at this. Because this, I think this is kind of like, not like a hallmark moment or whatever, but like it's more so just kind of like something that they're going to look back on and kind of just see like, okay, can we replicate this? And they're going to try. Of course they're going to try. Because they'll jump on anything that will make them money. And I think, yeah. this, made, like, th I think this made Nolan more money than more so them because it's fucking Nolan. He's like up there with Tarantino and like Scorsese. And I have a feeling they do pocket a lot of that shit because it's like, I don't read, like, I do need you. Like, they go to Hollywood and say, I do need you, but I also don't need you. So, like, you know, I already got people, like, you know, that are, like, that would gladly work for me anyways. Mm. So, and I have enough money to pay them. So, it's like, you know, I don't really need you. But, like, yeah. extra cash other, does help. The only other time I could possibly think that this even happened was when Sonic the Hedgehog dropped around the same time as the Harley Quinn movie. And those were like seem to be like super opposites, and but that didn't even result in like big box office because I don't think Harley the Harley Quinn movie did that well. Mm -hmm. uh, it was called the uh, uh, Birds of Prey: The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, I believe it was called, and uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie did gangbusters. So, 
it didn't work the same way because they didn't market it that same way. They kind of they happened to be coming out the same week or the same weekend or day or something like that. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And one of those movies did really well, and I believe the other one didn't, as far as I'm concerned. Both Barbie and Oppenheimer are doing really well. Maybe because they're bigger polar opposites. I don't know. This is what I'm saying. It's the weird absurdity and non-polarity if you would of like social media trends when this kind of thing happens because it started as a meme because Mm -hmm. it was just revealed like by discussing film or whoever these people on twitter oh x my mistake uh that um (laughs) oh hey barbie and oppenheimer are releasing this on the same day and everybody started quote retweeting that saying like we're gonna learn a lot about society on that day like depending on like which movie like does better (laughs) you know what i mean and as no shocker to anyone barbie is i i believe making more money right now they're both making a shit ton of money though you know yeah yeah, but regardless um nolan getting his payday like no matter what the marketing is one thing it's capitalizing on like what like humans are actually doing which they always try to do on social media which is not always an actual like representation of what's actually going on as we all know twitter is not a real place now it is literally not a real place Uh, but the thing is, even if you can do that, how are you going to make the movie good in the meantime? Like we said, a straight biopic of Oppenheimer would have had its niche, but I'm not sure if it would have, like, hit as different as being, this is a Christopher Nolan movie, one of the most esteemed directors in the world right now. So, Mm. for Teddy, I think a sort of realistic-ish like distinct inspired bio- by a true story yeah is the, is the route they're gonna have to take yeah not based on a true story work so i think the only thing that could go down is if because of like how absurd his antics really were and yeah. like how his life was kind of like a real life looney tune at times with the shit that went down <laughs> with him i think there is probably one director the first one that comes to mind that i think could do a his own spin on the story sam as Raimi. well <laughs> no not Sam. Not Sam. <laughs> Toby Maguire plays a fucking young Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, stranger things have happened, man. You know, fucking Chris Pratt is going to be Garfield. You, so. Yo, you know who I could see who they're going to get as a young Teddy Roosevelt? Unironically, and it kind of pisses me off. It's Chris Pratt. It really pisses me off, but I, I honestly, I could see it, and it really annoys the fuck out of me that like he looks enough like the man. But it pains me that he's the only guy that my brain just straight away went to. You know who they're going to cast as an old one? Jack Black. Pedro Pascal. <laughs> just comb that shit over, you know. Give that big uh, big handlebar mustache that he had. Yeah. The only way I could see, the like, a Teddy glasses. movie, how are we going to make people care as much as they did about Oppenheimer, you know what I mean? What other esteemed director could put their spin on a an actual story, a historical story that happened about a prominent historical figure? And because of how old-timey he is, what his antics were like, how it was a real-life Looney Tune, there's only one director that actually does come to mind, and that is Wes Anderson. I think Wes Anderson, in his distinct style, could make a very stupid fucking movie about <laughs> Teddy that enough people would see. <laughs> Maybe. I don't but know it, how well his last it, movie did, whatever that alien movie it, was that had Tom Hanks in it, uh, whatever it was called, <laughs> the Grand Grand Meteor, Grand Asteroid, whatever the fuck. I didn't Gan, see it. The Grand, a- the Grand Ass Rock, but, uh... What the fuck is... Hold on, what is that fucking <laughs> movie called? Um... Wes Anderson... Asteroid City. Like, Asteroid City, okay. that movie, like, just came out recently. I I don't know I, how well that movie I did. I can only assume it's not doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that movie's got a bunch of actors. It's got Scarlett Johansson. It's got Margot Robbie. It's got Tom Hanks. Uh, it doesn't have the best audience ratings from what I see. Wow, what a surprise! <laughs> Edward Norton, who we always cast in his movies, Adrian Brody, Brian Cranston's in it. Jeff Goldblum, Steve Carell. What the fuck? <laughs> it keeps going. <laughs> There was that one uh, other movie that about a bunch of A-listers. It was um, the one about the Island of Dogs. That one also, like, you know. Well, all of Wes Anderson's movies usually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like... No Bill Murray, shockingly enough, because he always casts Bill Murray in, like, every fucking movie he makes. Isn't Bill Murray, like... Like, Bill Murray's, like, 98 years old now or something? He's quite old now. I I will say that. I feel as if for for a guy like Bill... Like, even Jack Nicholson, like, after, like, he turned, like, 70 or something, he's like, I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to do this shit. No so it, it just kind of makes you think. Like, is it because it was Chris Nolan? Is it because of the Barb and Barbieheimer thing? 
or is it both? Because I'm trying to think of a way, how could Hollywood try to capitalize and, like, try to make another Barbieheimer with another historical figure with another famous director and just have the same results happen? I'm not sure it can be done. It's a lightning in a bottle, in my opinion. Yeah, because, like, again, no disrespect, Dennis. Not everyone is a, is a historian. If no, you make no, a I straight biopic, those audiences are way more niche than even, something like Chris Nolan directed this, let's go see it. You know? Even, like, that one movie about um, Hitler, it was Jojo Rabbit or whatever, I think, I forgot um, who made it exactly. That movie was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I did hear, yeah, it was I pretty love, funny. I, I love actually, that movie. I actually kind of want to go get around to watching that one, but, Jojo um, like... Jojo Rabbit, uh, that was directed by... Tai Taika Waititi. Oh, so uh, Miss Taika Waititi. Uh, Taika Waititi. Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that was him. Uh, I think that was, I think that's I think that's Taika. Uh, he Thor, is in Thor Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, so not Guardians. Uh, no, Guardians is um. Ja uh, I was gonna say Tim Gunn, James Gunn. <laughs> Tim Gunn. <laughs> no, no Guardians. This is the guy who made all the comedy fucking Thor movies. Like yeah, when yeah, Thor yeah. started like switching to comedy. Yeah. It's sort of like yeah, it was like that little weird tonal shift. But um, you know, uh, for Taika, yeah, like thing. Um, like there was that one uh, movie that everyone memes on. Like it's that one scene where Hitler is in the bunker and like he's like, "That's fine, be fair." The Angriff Steiner, I'm be fair. Like, like that one movie, like. Is literally about like the downfall of Hitler and like you know his last days on Earth uh, before he offed himself, and um, that movie like thing uh, made I well his he was played by Bruno Ganz, um played a great Hitler holy shit uh, <laughs> damn I might be on a list for that but <laughs> no. no 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 but like um, at least that movie right Maybe. like <laughs> a bit. <laughs> Like, at least for that movie, right? Like, just seeing, like, the last... Like, we never really got a movie like that. And the only reason why anyone even knows that movie is because of the fucking meme of Hitler having his humongous tirade under the, his basement and, like, just kind of going off on everybody. And nobody really cared about that movie. I mean, like, the people who, like, obviously, you know, uh, I guess had an interest in World War II, or at the very least, like, you know, even people who just kind of, like, had family who lived through that shit and then just seeing the guy who perpetrated all the horrible shit that happened to their ancestors like you know just seeing him like kind of just shuffling through life before he killed himself yeah like is honestly interesting but like yeah as david said like you know this movie wasn't exactly widely fucking advertised i think the guy who actually played uh who played Hitler, he had, like, a niece or a daughter or something who would, like, seek Heil him, like, thing just playfully, like, in the hallway, and he's like, he's like, stop, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was all just for fun, but it was just kind of like, if I had an uncle who, like, played Hitler, I, I would also just be like, eh, you know? <laughs> just, just, like, playfully, like, eh, you know? That's pretty fucking funny. It's, it's like, how, how, are you, how are you, uncle? How did look? <laughs> like, hi. How did look? Fucking that that that's good. Yeah. So like, again, I think uh, we're gonna wrap it up here, guys. Um, I know David had a, his uh, naked Chun Li story that he wanted to talk about. Yeah, but... I just wanted to go off about it because it mm. was a games journalism thing. Because Dennis, what happened with that? To be very yes. brief about it, not yeah, as a topic. Yeah, they a games Games Radar, a guy from Games Radar did a report on it, and in textbook game journalism did zero fucking research and thought it was the player's mod. The thing with Street Fighter 6, Dennis, is that Street Fighter has um, in-game commentary. So mm -hmm. on online tournaments, the uh, commentators or the tournament organizers stream it from their setup, and it's, like, lagless or whatever, and okay. they it's viewed, it's viewed from their end. But things like mods, like the game, is client-side. Okay. Which means that what's going to be on screen is the mods that are installed on their fucking console. Mm -hmm. But because the fucking idiot game journalist did zero research and just like wrote a bait piece for clicks thought it was the player's mod and dropped his full government name in the fucking article calling him the horny one basically for having that mod he there. docks the fucker it wasn't even his mod. What a fucking asshole! Fuck as soon this as guy. they saw that the the, the Chun Li was naked on stream, they they didn't weren't fighting each other, and they cut the stream basically immediately because yeah. they're like, "What the fuck is that?" It was the tournament organizer's mod, 
and the guy was just a fucking moron and like either forgot he had that or just didn't care and just left it there like full out. That's the reason I wanted to bring God. up that story because we could have gone off on gaming journalism forever, but I'm kind of glad we didn't talk about it because that was pretty much the whole bit of that story, basically. And the guy's, the, the player is threatening legal action. Good. He, he's threatening legal action Fuck because he's like, guy. it's straight defamation. And this, it's just gaming journalism, man. Like, literally, gaming journalism is a internship rejects. It is a fucking joke. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Video game journalism has been a joke and has always been a joke. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. it is quite arguably, like, the credibility from any of those kind of outlets all got torpedoed years ago. And I couldn't even give less of a fuck about, okay, like, yeah. most of them anyways. Yeah, for those of you that don't know what happened, basically there was an online Street Fighter tournament. They It's on, it's being streamed or whatever. And then as soon as the match started, Chun-Li was naked. Not, like, in a scantily no, dressed she outfit. Not in her bra and naked. panties. Like, fucking big-ass titties, like, hanging around. Full hips and everything. Ass out. Like, clam reeking up the joint. Like, ev everything. <laughs> <laughs> fully naked modification so they realized this the TLs had to react in time and they cut the stream and then this is when all that shit happened with like games radar and whatnot but whatever it's just another classic story of just why gaming journalism is a joke and why you should literally never take joke. these people seriously it's like it's all for clicks it's a business at the Absolutely. end of the day got me thinking existentially and among, among other things like certain movies and whatnot got me thinking existentially but we're done those are my thoughts on it to be honest it was not my favorite movie I didn't dislike it not my favorite Chris Nolan movie it was just too Nolan-y for me like just way too many <laughs> post Dark Knight Nolan is... out of order storytelling like way yeah. too many jump cuts it was it was just too much but it was immersive enough and like the tension mm -hmm. was great like for like when they're testing the bomb and everything the jump scare actually got me when like I tried really hard to be like no it's not gonna get me it's not gonna get me and it fucking got me <laughs> and the worst is when it happens to him again when he's in the fucking like boardroom and shit and they show the flash and you're bracing mm -hmm. up for the explosion and then it never happens <laughs> that was bullshit bro like I was mad when that, that went down balled. you got me all tensed up for nothing yeah you got blue balled by Nolan Nolan blue balled you it wouldn't be the first time I got blue balled recently <laughs> but uh what? guys we're done we're done we're done we've, 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 this, this shit's been on long enough here's our Here, plugs here's the plugs here's X you know that wonderful new social media platform I'm that putting used the bird. To, it used to be another I'm thing but it's now uh, it's now another thing so I'm putting the bird I, I know I know I'm just I meme. don't care let me meme okay so yeah the X marks the spot as you well know and it's also where that bird is so you know also go on there and um check us out there if you wish um Instagram. Um, big boom man make big booms, and he then becomes sad man and died alone. I don't. I actually. I don't even know if he did. I gotta sad. say, dude, it sucks because I wanted to name this episode Chun Li drops the bomb, and I was gonna put a nuclear explosion in the background and just a naked Chun Li at the front and censor her and everything. That's why. That's another <laughs> reason I kind of wanted to talk about it in this one. Just do but, it anyways. Like, we yeah, still talk about it. we talked about the Chun-Li shit for, like, fucking three minutes. Who cares? Do it. Just Fine. put Killian Murphy's Oppenheimer next to Chun-Li, and then boom, there you go. That's it. There you go. Boom. Thumbnail idea. Boom. With a fucking there nuclear explosion in the back. It's easy. I also gotta go, so, like... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. I gotta go. We love y'all. Uh... YouTube.com slash Nintunist, all that shit. Like, comment, subscribe. Leave us reviews, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, please. Good yes. reviews, help our SEO. And we hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, maybe I'll talk more about the Chun-Li shit next week, but I doubt it. Unless there's some major development where, yeah, like, exactly. like, Games they... Radar is countersuing this player <laughs> for, like, no fucking reason. And then the guy countersues his countersue, and he's, I'm gonna countersue the fuck out of you to get you the money that you're trying to take from me that I'm trying to take from you. <laughs> And then so it's like a legal battle that goes on for 10 million years. Jerk off the guy in the wet dream to get out of Inception. <laughs> we love y'all. Um, oh, yeah. Here's a kiss. Bye-bye. Bye. That's what the, that's what the bomb sounded like.